Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to My Solo Road. I am Sydney and this is supposedly my podcast. I haven't had an episode in about two months. I recently shared on Instagram that I just got a little overwhelmed with the things that I've had on my plate this year. And unfortunately, the podcast, while it is my favorite place to connect with all of you, is kind of the thing that's easiest for me to forego or put on the back burner whenever I have a lot going on. I also feel like the last like five episodes that I have published, I've started the exact same way because it's been super inconsistent, but we have some new things happening, a new schedule and routine. So here is to hoping that this is a new consistent podcast that you can bank on every Wednesday, but work with me here. Okay. We're all doing the best we can. I am home right now in Indianapolis. I have no idea where I was during the last episode, but I am sitting across from one of my college best friends or like the college best friend. And so her and I over the last few years have been dying to do an episode together so that we can look at each other in the eyes <laughs> and tell each other how much we love each other and just relive our friendship story. So that's kind of what we're going to do today and talk about just where we both went in life and such. So we're gonna jump into that and we're currently sitting in her guest bedroom. I like to paint the picture if I'm not recording it on video. I'm in her guest bedroom in her new-ish home, which we'll get into all of that. But hi, hello, this is Miss Tegan Delgado. Hello, that was the <laughs> nicest intro ever. I can't was believe it? that came out of your mouth. I said I was in your guest bedroom. <laughs> I didn't say like that. I mean, you were my college best friend. We know this. Yeah, I know. But it's always nice to be told that you're loved. Yeah, you're right. You're right. How are you doing? Oh, so good. It's always nice when my BFF's in town. I know. Yeah, we FaceTime. You, I probably FaceTime you the most out of anyone yeah. that, that I talk to. FaceTime is kind of our mode of communication. That's kind of like yeah, our thing. it's weird when we call each other on the phone. Yeah. Okay, so is this your first podcast that you've ever been on? <laughs> Ever. Yeah. Tegan's not super into the Instagram space. I mean, you have been calling me more recently with like questions and... Well, I have to do a lot of Instagram for work. So honestly, I just like, since that's all I'm planning for all day and stuff, it's my my personal one just became not so important. Right. So like go into that just a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk all about like what you do for a living and where you're at in life and stuff. But what are you, you mentioned it. So now we're all curious. What do you do? Why are you on Instagram for work? So I do business development and marketing at a mortgage company for two different sales teams. So we sell home loans. (laughs) Exciting. Yeah. And your fiance does something similar. Yes. He is a, he's a loan officer. So he, he also sells home loans. <laughs> but Henry and Joe, Henry being my Henry, Joe being her Joe are downstairs and we're just fingers crossed that everything's going well. We kind of just dumped the boys into a room and said with old fashions. They, yeah, they made old fashioned. They're drinking old fashions. Joe apparently makes a bomb ass old fashioned. <laughs> and so they are down there just living it up while we sit in here and talk about our love story. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to jump into my BetterHelp ad. We're all quite familiar. Been using it lots. We love to see it. And then we're going to actually jump into the conversation. So we'll see you back here in just a second. All right. So we all know Sydney uses betterhelp.com for basically just getting her life together consistently, constantly needing it. And so I've been using BetterHelp now for probably two years. I've been with the same therapist the entire time. And I just got super lucky, fell in love with my first one. And I've I've had to tell a few different people, they reach out to me and they've never been into therapy. Then they use my code and they just get a little bit concerned because they don't love the first counselor that they are given. And I just kind of tell them something that now I like to say to all of you guys, that if you don't love the counselor you get right away, it is not a big deal. And you don't need to be like ashamed or think it's your fault if you do need to just switch counselors. A lot of people compare getting a therapist to dating and you kind of have to find someone that you really vibe with and that you think understands whatever your problems are at the time. And so if you don't feel that way about your current counselor, it's really not a big deal, especially on BetterHelp to transfer to a new one. And until you find somebody that you really get along with and you feel will benefit you in the ways that you are looking for, that's, that is the most important part. So keep that in mind and don't feel guilty if you do have to change. If you want to use code divine, divine, just that. I was like, Divine 20. I've been on Instagram too much doing too many things. But yes, betterhelp.com slash divine and then use code divine. You'll get 10% off your first month. We love BetterHelp. We love therapy. We'll talk about mental health today. And so yeah, 
All right, now we are back with Tegan, who we still call each other Bay, even though that's so outdated. Like if you're thinking of the word, I don't know if people listening, maybe you are a little bit older, so you don't even remember, like you never use the word Bay or you're younger. So you just, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you're either before the time or after the time. It was a very brief word. Wait, what um, did it even stand for? I think it's actually just a short term for like babe or baby, but people say it's an acronym for before anything else or something oh like that. God, yeah. But I don't think that's, I think people were just like, babe, babe. And then it just turned into bay. You know what I'm saying? Hmm, yeah. I don't really know. I, I don't really believe that. in the acronym. Anyways, Tegan and I have just consistently, you're in my phone as bay. Yep. Same. Just, I, it's hard for me to even call you Tegan because it's just, that's kind of your name in my head. Anyways, tell us a few things about yourself. We now know that we're friends, that you work for a mortgage company, but you recently got engaged, which is a very exciting yes. thing as somebody's friend. I just like watch their love story develop and stuff. So yeah, just tell us kind of where you're at in life and what you're doing. So yeah, my, my fiance proposed to me, um, <laughs> I, well in 2020, so July 24th, 2020, and we just celebrated the year anniversary of that. And we were able to have all of our family together at an engagement party. And yeah, it was so nice. I mean, I hadn't seen some of my family in like two years. So it was really crazy, but it was so nice to celebrate with everybody. So we're just, I mean, planning's pretty done, I think, but just kind of finishing up that with a wedding that's going to be next year, next summer. How exciting. Yes. You have a baby. I do. A dog baby. A dog baby. Yes. His name is Sonny Doodle. He is the sweetest thing. (laughs) His name is Sonny, but they call him Sonny Doodle or just Doodle or Dude. He's got many names, but. What kind of dog is he, even though now it's obvious? Yeah, he's a golden doodle. So, yeah. He's kind of miniature. He's like 32 pounds. So, yeah, he's two years old. Yeah, he's very sweet. And he's the only child right now. Yeah. And you all know I am begging her to get a second dog. She wants a second dog. She's very into uh, Bunny's Buddies, which I think a lot of people listening, Mm -hmm. some of them might be familiar with. That's like a golden retriever specific, but I guess they kind of have branched out to other breeds. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But a rescue that works in China and a few different, I think, Asian countries. Yeah. Or is it just China? I don't know. South Korea, too. Yeah. Yeah. And just like trying to help dogs get out of those countries that need help and getting them into the States and getting them adopted and stuff. But anyways, you're following that closely. So if she gets another dog, fingers crossed, we get it. We get a buddy's buddy's dog. Yeah. Okay. What else? So I met Tegan in Chicago for college. We met our freshman year. We'll, We'll dive into that. But now she lives in Indiana, which is just so weird because I don't ever go through Chicago. So if you still lived in Chicago or where you're from, which is just outside of Chicago, we would really not see each other hardly ever. But because you moved to Indianapolis, now whenever I come home to visit my family, you are home. And so I get to see you every time I come home. So what made you move to Indianapolis? Why are you here? Yes. My fiance is from here. I live in Carmel, Indiana. So right outside of Indianapolis. His He grew up here for most of his life. And we just kind of thought about where we'd want to put down roots right. and everything. And so we thought it would be a really nice place to raise a family one day. And which is crazy. But I also know that my parents probably won't stay in Illinois forever. So it was it was easier to base it off mm-hmm. of people that were going to be in Indiana than people who are – my mom's going to move to Florida one day. I don't know where my dad will end up. Mm-hmm. He always liked the Bahamas, so that would be oh pretty God, fun. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. <laughs> I know. Yeah, please move to the Bahamas, I Danny. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. But, yeah, no, it just – it worked out so well as friends because it just – like, that was such a happy accident. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I don't know anyone else. I don't have many friends in Indianapolis – and so it's just nice to come home and actually have someone and you're not even like a hometown friend. Yeah. But you just, now you live in my hometown. Yeah, so we, we love to see it. Okay. So I've lived in a van for four years. You work for a mortgage company. Yeah. I just want, I just think it'd be interesting to address like where we, we were very similar people, I think in college. And even though we obviously are still very close, yeah. like, wh- like, why do you think we branched off? Do you think we were always destined to go the directions that we've gone? I mean, if you would have asked me if either of us in college, if either of us have like fashion design and fashion business majors, like if you were going to be living out of a van with limited clothing, let's just say, and, you know, not a very expansive lifestyle, lifestyle or closet. I mean, 
She's saying this just to give context because not everybody might know. We both were in, we became friends because we were in the same major, which was fashion, fashion business and marketing. Yes. And you kind of still have to study some of the design aspects of things. And so a lot of the girls... I say girls because it seemed to be pretty a feminine major. Yeah. And a lot of the girls that we were sitting in classes with were incredibly passionate about the fashion industry. I'm talking like stacks of magazines. I feel like I was kind of one of them. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. Well, let's talk about that. So that yeah. was one of my, my next questions. We met in a writing and rhetoric class mm-hmm. and we did not like each other. Can we and shout out Sarah Moss? Sarah Moss. Shout out to the teacher, Sarah Moss. <laughs> our writing and rhetoric one teacher, freshman year, first semester, the first class I had ever in college. I walked in like that was, you know what I'm saying? It was like 9 a.m. on a Monday. So like that was my first college class ever. And yeah, I remember being very nervous, hands very sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I remember I made friends at orientation with a few girls. And so they all, we all had this writing and rhetoric class because they were all fashion majors. It, that was just kind of weird because I don't know how we all met up at orientation. Anyways, I don't know. we walk in, me and my, a, a few friends. I mean, we, at this time we were not best friends, but it was just like, the, they were the only people. They I, were like, you're, I don't even, they weren't your roommates though. They were not my, I met them at, okay, so let's just tell that story. I walked into orientation and social anxiety, what up? It yeah. was at an all-time peak. Well, I do remember you were wearing camouflage. Camouflage short overalls. Like, they were shorts. Yep. And, I do remember that. Which has since been roasted super hard, but I got to be honest, I walked into Chicago Wait, that day. I literally have, I have the long pant version. Oh, okay. To this day I that thought, I wear all I thought the time. You, people were making fun of me because like the, no. those girls, Emily, Daphne, and Katie, they were all like, they brought it up so many times since then. I was always like, thank getting roasted. I'm from Indiana. So I just wore camo, I guess. <laughs> but I thought it was cute. I walked into orientation that day being like, I look head fresh as Heads will be turning. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this fashionista and camouflage? Um, oh, nobody's stopping her. Right. But so we all in orientation, I only went with my parents. And then for mm-hmm. lunch, they took the adults to like one building and then the students to the other building. And oh I my God. And I was so nervous to be separated oh, from my dad. <laughs> I I'm from Indianapolis. I'm literally sitting in the middle of a giant city, Chicago, that I've been to like once before. And I now I'm separated from my parents who are the only people I know. And I'm standing in line to get lunch. And I am like violently nothing could be worse nothing nothing could be worse for an 18 year old girl I'm like looking around so fast and just like desperately and I think it was Daphne Vassmer shout out we love her she was like she was this really cute girl who was sitting in front of me during the orientation when we still had our parents and I remember looking at her and just being like oh her outfit's so cute she's so pretty like I I wanted to be her friend she looks just nice like she's like she looks like a nice person like it's almost like comforting knowing like yeah, she's going to be nice. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like this really cute girl that she, yes, and she just looks very sweet. And so I just kind of had had my eye on her just in terms of like if I was going to gravitate towards If you someone, had to talk to somebody, that's it was, where you'd go. <laughs> it was Daphne. And so anyways, I she's like a bunch of people up ahead of me, but she's like with friends and just talking to people. And I was like, oh my God, she's cool too. And so I was just like looking at her and then she turned, she was like, hey, you, do you want to sit with us? And I was like, I I legitimately did the move of like turning behind me. And then I looked and I like pointed to myself. I was like, who, me? Me? You want to start with me? And so then I I was like, me? And she goes, yeah, you. And so she like waves me forward. And so then I became friends with her and the two girls that she was with. Yeah. And those, like they met, you know, on the Columbia Mm-hmm. like Facebook page, page or, something. or something. Well, they were they were roommates. Right, and that's how they had yeah. met is because they were going to be roommates. Yeah. So I became friends with them. Anyways, we all ended up being in the writing and rhetoric class together. And so I walk into write. This is months later. You know, we've all moved in. Now we're living there. And I walk into writing and rhetoric. And I remember walking in nervous, but like it was a 9 a.m. writing class. So it's not like it's a fashion class. I couldn't yeah. have cared less. I'm in like sneakers, sweats and whatever, like mm-hmm. early. I don't care. Half want to be here, but I'm still excited. Like it's college, whatever. And Tegan was one of the girls who you're just like, who does she think she is at 9 a.m.? She was like, <laughs> you're in heels and like so put together, face I wish full I remember of, what I wore. I don't remember, but like a face full of makeup, like hair done. And I was just kind of like, we're sitting as far away as we can from her. Like she's, she, she's I always, always remember what outfits I wore right. to things, and I don't remember. Well, okay, it was the first day of school. Who cares? Well, that would have been a big deal to me. That's, this is my point. <laughs> I literally, my, point. my mom from the day we entered preschool would be like, okay. sorry, you guys. know, 
take picture of the right. Okay, well, so you I was like that on call in college, right? That so that was my first impression of you, and I mean it's not a big class either. It was you know no. maybe twenty kids, and we're all facing each other. It was like a U shaped class, and so mm-hmm. like you and I were like facing each other, and so that was always my first impression of you, and that's why whenever we're sharing this story, I'm like, yeah, I don't really feel like I liked you that much. But mm-hmm. what was your impression of me that led you to feel the same way? <laughs> I hate to say. Something about the overalls, something at orientation. And I don't know the way, I mean, obviously I'm glad that now that I know you, we know that you were also just as nervous, but I was like, I honestly thought you were being overly confident to be honest. And I probably just overcompensating so hard. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I mean, now that I know you like that well, so I don't know, that was kind of it for me, but like. And then now that you had this big group of friends, I think I was I was likely intimidated by the fact that you had this big group of friends. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, I don't. I mean, it was three people when I had no one. Right. I had no one at no, that time. No, you were sitting next to that one girl. Yes, who, I She know. was rude. And yeah. But yeah. Anyways, we sound so catty. But at 18 years old, I mean, frankly, we it kind was, of. It was. It felt that way, though. Yeah, we kind of were. <laughs> like, it, we were 18 years old. We're fresh. We're in Chicago. You know what yeah. I mean? We're kind of just looking at everyone. We couldn't be further from that now. I mean, seriously. No. But. Well, also, we started to very quickly really love each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, deeply. <laughs> and where do you think the turning point was in that relationship? Where do you think, like, the, the beginning of it was? Because I don't really remember. I remember that first impression pretty clearly. But then I remember the the meaty part of what yes. we're, we're going to talk about. But I don't remember the, like, transition of it. Do you remember that at all? Honestly, that part is kind of, like, it's kind of blurry. blurry to me. Because I, I know that we hung out every once in a while with – because I then moved into – so I switched rooms after the first semester, and that's when I went – to live with the girls that you were friends with. And right. so, so she moves in with Daphne and those other girls that we yeah. were talking about. So, and that was the second semester. So that's when we kind of started hanging out a little bit more just because I was with the roommates and you were, you know, friends with them and whatnot, but really not too intentionally. You know, we, yeah. were, we weren't like planning to hang out like a lot. And then I was working in the city over the summer and why were you <gasps> that's there? That's what it was. Yes, that's when it was. That's but- what it was. So you were working there over the summer and I, well, I think I moved into my apartment and I think the apartment lease, I didn't it have a really choice. was really early. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. The apartment lease was like right after school ended. And so my, the girl who I moved in with, and she chose to pay the rent over the summer, but not actually live there. And so I had the apartment all to myself all summer. Yes. And you were like my, the only person I even knew who was living there during the summer. That is exactly yes. what happened. I totally forgot. Yeah. Cause so my parents had a, like an investment property in the city and they just, their renters were up. So I moved into that and then I, and you know, I just paid them rent. So I lived in the city then so that I could work because I had jobs, you know, lined up for the summer and then that's when we got close because we were the only two people in the city out of like all our friends at college and stuff. And I was going to be living alone and you were going to be living with that roommate. Right. So, but we just started hanging out all the time. Right. Well, okay. But so what I remember from us really clicking, and this is why we're really Mm -hmm. sharing the details of the story is because you, I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was during the summer. It was when we went back to school. It was, yeah. We started going back to school and Tegan, this person who I was really starting to like love as a friend, but we were definitely still at the beginning of like us being friends and stuff. And I also, I felt like I didn't have much of a purpose in Chicago yet, right? Like I'm, I was also really young, but I was just kind of like free falling into this like college life or whatever, as people do. But then you started struggling a lot going back to school and with your mental health and just being very unsure of like what direction you wanted to really go in. Do I want to be here? I don't, you hated living in the city during that time. Yeah. And I like really... I felt very like I was there for a reason. I yeah. was like, okay, we're friends for the, like for this reason. I she was it was very obvious that you needed somebody during that time yeah. and you didn't have anybody. I didn't really have anything to do or you know, I just yeah. I wanted to spend time with you and then you were starting to really go through probably the most at that point in my life because I hadn't dealt with a lot of mental health issues at that point. That was probably the like worst I had seen of someone ever. And so I was just kind of like, wow. Okay. And so then we started going back to school. And what I remember is after class every single day, going over to your apartment and I would text you that I was on my way and you would get up and unlock the door and then go back to bed. And I would walk into your apartment and you would be in bed and I'd be like, I'd turn the lights on and be like, okay, Tegan, 
It's time. It's 4 p.m., but like our day is starting. We're getting up. Yeah. We're doing the dishes. We're showering. Yeah. And we're here. We're going to go watch Grace. We're just going to make it to the living room. Yeah. And that is kind of how it was. No, 100%. I mean. So what were you going through during that time? Like what was going on in your head? Yeah. So just as a background, I mean, my family does have. Mental health problems. Yes. A history of mental health things. issues. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a history of that in my family. And it just really, school has always been really hard for me. I mean, sitting behind a desk and I mean, it's different with work. I mean, because. I, I feel the purpose is a little bit different and I just, I don't know. I mean, school's just been really hard for me learning, you know, at school with, you know, a classroom with, you know, 20 plus kids in it and just right. sitting there all day listening and just not my style. Like I, I am definitely a hands-on person. Like I definitely have enjoyed right. working more, but, and always have really, but I just, school was really hard. I just Mm -hmm. could not click like this needs to become a priority. This needs to become a responsibility of mine. I just can't. I don't know if this is even what I want to do. And at that time you were taking like the general classes. Like I feel like we were just kind of touching into the things that I really wanted to learn about. Right. So my interest wasn't there anyways. And so then you were also because we also didn't have money and you know like no we didn't really we were broke I yeah mean, and so you were literally having to at this point you were skipping a lot of your classes because yeah. you were like really struggling yeah. but it there was so much pressure for I think both of us but I, you more so because you had multiple jobs and I was like mm-hmm. just getting into like working, working and, and just, stuff yeah and you're okay, working so, at Under Armour then or something like that yeah I, I honestly don't remember the timeline of all of my jobs there but there was a lot of pressure for you like a little bit of pressure in terms of like working staying on top of your shit like you need to be doing this you you know just being yeah. successful you felt like I, I have to be successful it's my only option yeah and I feel like you don't necessarily do the best. Honestly, with like and hard that pressure. is kind of part of the thing. I want to be successful. I've always wanted to be successful. And this, that's like almost why I had such a hard time with schools because I just was not successful at it. Yeah. And I was like, I have this drive. I know I can do these things. I mean, that's just one small part of it, of course. Like, but I mean, in the grand scheme of of my depression, but at the same time, like that does have something to do with it. I feel like I feel like right. I was failing and I, I didn't I didn't want to fail. I, I, f- I feel like I could succeed in so many other ways. And school right. was just not one of them. So yeah. that I mean, and you're totally right. I mean, like it was the worst that I had ever been. And I had I had experiences with my depression, like back in high school and stuff. But this was definitely the worst. I mean, like Sydney was really like getting me out of bed. She was really making me eat. She was really making me shower. Like I could not, I couldn't even find the joy in just like, you know, in the day. And it's just right. Horribly dark place. I remember one day walking into your apartment and the door was unlocked like usual. So I just let myself in and you were sitting on the couch already. And I like walked in and I looked at you and we made eye contact and I just like stopped in my tracks and you started just sobbing and you were like, I need a hug. And we just like, I do remember that day oh my gosh, I too remember because this. I walked over and we just like hugged while you weeped into my shoulder mm-hmm. for like minutes. And I yeah. was just like, dude, it's, there's nothing worse than saying someone you love, like feel broken, you yeah. know? Yeah, and now, totally. now since then, you know, I've gone through my own things and I have felt that way. So I, I relate to you a lot more, but at least at the time I was just like, I just want to do whatever I can. Yeah. To make you not feel this way, but there's really nothing you can obviously do except for like have, let somebody talk through it with you and, and you know, yeah. try and give whatever advice you have. But what what are a few things that you think you did for yourself during that time or even afterwards that helped you process it and like get out of that? Like what are a few things, positive things that you chose to do for yourself? So honestly, like this And is- you can also say leaving school. You left school. Yeah, no, that's definitely part of my answer. I mean, I grew up wanting to try everything and wanting to like, especially with sports, like I would want to try, you know, different sports all the time, whatever I would. And then I would want to quit them and try something else. And my parents always said, like, you just, you don't quit. Like we, we finish what we start and that's, that's what it is. My parents are the exact same thing. Yes. And I think that that's a great lesson for, you know, for kids to learn. But I also think that when it comes to bettering either yourself or your situation, that, Quitting is okay sometimes. I mean, well, it's, it's not. It's. I mean, I guess technically it is quitting, but yes. like, I think that sometimes 
you're right. Like you have to step you away. Have to, and I think it's important to teach as parents or as any sort of guardian as well that it's like it's not always, you know, quitting in this negative way. Sticking with what you said you're going to do is important. Yeah. However, sometimes walking away is the harder decision to make. Mm-hmm. And like it, you know what I'm saying? It's not always just like this late out of laziness. Sometimes it's a really, really difficult decision to say, you know what? It's going to be better for me and everyone else. If yeah. I just walk away from this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I felt from school. I mean, I just, I was like, you know what? I just need some time to figure out what I'm going to do and, and, and fix myself. I never, I mean, people know me as being an outgoing person. People would never guess me to have, you know, these demons that I, you know, that I constantly had to battle, you know, when I was younger and, you know, in it as much that way anymore. I mean, I've definitely done a lot, put in a lot of work, you know, I've, I went to therapy and I mean, I've gone to therapy for years and years and years, but finding the right therapist and making sure that I was, you know, regular about it and consistent and working out and, you know, putting the time into my health and and getting out of bed and making sure that I was, you know, even when I didn't want to, like just pushing myself to just live a healthier life, you know, right. those things started to follow and and kind of resolve. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of work, but, and I'm in, it's, I'm, I think, I mean, God, that I'm not in such a bad place or anything. Like I, I really don't deal with those kind of things. Anxiety a little bit here and there, but right. But it's it's so much more tolerable, and I know when it's happening. Like I, I can pick out when it's happening. I can, you know, change what I'm doing. You know, right? To you do- recognize the signs a exactly. little bit easier. But totally. one thing I also wanted to touch on because. I talk about mental health all the time, but I don't have experience in taking medication. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool and interesting that you have experience taking medication. And I just, I would love to know your thoughts on that and just like how it helped you, if it didn't help you, if it did, like obviously, and I want to make that very clear to everyone listening that it is completely different person to person. So there's nothing to to your doctor. Yeah. There's nothing that you can say in terms of advice for other people, but I want to know your experience in taking medication for your mental health. Yeah. I mean, I knew that at a time it was, it was, I don't think I could have done it on my own. I think it really, a lot of hormones and that kind of stuff played into it. And I think my, it's almost like I felt like my body was asking for the help. And when I was able to take medication, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't love the experience. I it, it definitely got me back to a place where it was a little bit more tolerable and I could work on it myself. But it did take a while. And to be honest, like that's it's hard too when you're that age and like you want to do all the things that your friends are doing and you're taking medication. Like drinking is not not good when you right. when you drink on those medications and stuff. So like that was really, that was hard too. Cause I was like, Oh, I just want to do what my friends are doing. I, I feel so depressed. And like, I want to right. do these things like well, to there make would me be feel times better. You wouldn't take the medication and be, mm-hmm. so that you could drink that night or something like and that. That's and not healthy. It's right. not healthy at all. And so, I mean, so it was, it was a hard time cause it was just hard for me to balance. I mean, I, I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, I was, I was just a kid. Like, right. of course I didn't know that. And, of, and my parents, I mean, this was the first time they had ever dealt with anything like that. So it's, And of course I tried to work with my doctor, but I'm also, I was also an irresponsible 19 or 20 year old or whatever I was, you know, or 21. I don't know how old I was, but yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, looking back, I, that's what I, I think about, but then I, I didn't ever want to rely on medication because I felt that I needed to get to a place where I could do without it. And that's of course with all the help of my doctor. I, once I did, you know, take it regularly, she helped me with all of that. And, and she understood where my, where my head was at. And, yeah. and that was the most important thing. But of course, like, that's definitely not a recommendation either. You know, you yeah, have to sure. do that's, what you need for right. you. Well, and so there's all different scenarios. There's a ton of people who go on medication with the intention of getting off of it at some point. And there's yeah. a ton of people who get on medication and know for a fact that they'll probably have, be on the, it forever. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I think it would be interesting just to hear anyone's perspective. Yeah. Who And also, I can't I mean, like, I seriously, I can't even take birth control regularly. I like I, like a like a yeah. pill. Like, I just I knew that I would not be reliable with that. Like, I just well, it's also the most chaotic age possible. Yes, it totally is. Like, I mean, seriously, think about how much you had going on and how busy right? you well, were. It's so important because I know that there are mostly a lot of parents listening versus how many college students listen. But parents to college students and any college students, it's like that is a hard time. And you need to be checking in with that age of people so oh, often. And like, 
no matter how okay they say they are, I think a yeah. little bit of digging and prying is probably a positive thing from someone yeah. who's experienced it. And so have you, it's like it, I, I do wish not necessarily like, cause I wasn't open with my parents about it. So it's not like they're at fault at all, but I do wish that I would have vocalized my own problems mm-hmm. a little bit more at that age. And you know, when you are outwardly seeming to be fine and you're like young and in college and partying and like having a great time. I don't think a lot of adults are looking at you like she's probably not okay. Yeah. But it's like sometimes they're actually really not okay. Well, and you think about like all the like stressors that you have, you know, as a college student, you know, you obviously want to be, you know, good at what you're doing and, you know, with your studies and all that stuff. But then you also have like, you know, girlfriends that are like, you know, can be drama sometimes. And then there's boys that are like, or, you know, or whoever you're dating and, you know, and like, and even though there's such little problems and it's like, oh my God, in the grand scheme of things, these other things don't matter at all. Those are still stressors. I mean, and you're experiencing all of this for the first time. Like, I mean, half the time you're like, if you fight with your friend, you can't leave because you live with that friend. And it's like, you can't just go home to your mom's like, and be like, oh, God, I had the worst day. And like, and right. you know what I mean? You can't well, escape the, it sometimes. At the time, it feels like huge problems because in high school, even though even in high school, it feels like big problems, but it's like you do go home at the end of the day. You have this. It, it's just so different when you're in college. You're in a city where you, my family doesn't even exist in Chicago. Yeah. I have no one here. You get in a fight with your friend and it, like, it does feel like the end of the world. Totally. And so it's like it. I don't know. At that age, I just think it's important for people to be uh, paying as much attention as possible yeah. to kids that age because I just feel like. And give yourself a little grace. God, I wish somebody would have told me that. Like, yeah. you know, like, you're gonna mess up. You're right. You really are. Like, I mean, no matter how much you think you're not, you are. And it's well, like, honestly, and it's okay. And that's like the whole time to mess up and whatever. And that's a great point because I also feel like people should be giving kids that, like, I felt at that age, if like I got a bad grade or if something happened, it's like you feel like the world will is going to crumble at your feet because you got a bad grade or because something or like your relationship didn't work out. And I feel like adults need to be very assuring of kids of being yeah. like, dude, trust me. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Like mm-hmm. it feels like a big deal now. Validate that. However. Yeah. It's actually not a big deal at all. And it's, just, it's seemingly kind of silly. Yeah. You know, I, I find that so interesting, especially this is nothing that I have in any of my notes to be talking about, but that is important. And just no, looking totally. back on things, I'm like, wow, I, I do feel like we probably could have seen a counselor yeah. at that time, but it was like, Ugh, I don't yeah. know, embarrassing at that age, I guess. No, I, w- I I think I was going to a counselor then, but... Yeah, you might have been. Just not as regularly, I think. Yeah. Because I was living downtown. So at that age, what do you think... If you could have painted a picture of what your life would look like at the age of 26, what do you think you would have painted that picture to look like? Oh, God. I, I think I would have thought that I was living in the city. Like, and living downtown, like, still working... I don't think I would have thought that I was I would be engaged right now and and have yeah. you know these fun things. But also another lucky thing for Tegan and I's friendship. I just feel like we we've, we've really hit the jackpot in terms of timing for us. I was with Tegan visiting her. I had already moved out of Chicago. I was just visiting her and I happened to be there the night that she met her now fiance. We met at one of her work parties and we all just started talking and I thought he was some rando that was just going to come home with us for the night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to eat these tacos in the kitchen while Tegan leaves. But that ended up not going that way at all. Not that night or ever. And then she was like, the next morning we woke up and she was like, I'm going to go get breakfast with that guy from like last night who we hung out with. And I was like, why? Like... (laughs) I'm visiting you. I remember getting mad. Do you remember? No, you had to go somewhere anyway. So I was just <gasps> going to be home anyway. Yeah, yeah. You had right. to, you had to go something to something, and then yeah, you're totally right. So you were going to leave my apartment. And I was like, well, I mean, there's yeah, I'm not. I'm just going to be here by myself. So I might as well go. Yeah, and now you guys are engaged. Yep, it's crazy. Right. Okay. Anyways, what else? You'd be living in the city, and what else do you think you'd be doing? I don't know. I mean, I, I would have really thought that I would have stayed in something with fashion. What did you tell people at that time? Because I used to always say, I don't think I had any idea what it really meant, but I wanted to be a buyer for Nordstrom or something. <sighs> yeah. That's like, what I used to always say. Yeah. Like you would buy wholesale from the brands, yeah. basically. Yeah. I well, you, actually, you know why I wanted to be a buyer? It was because Rachel Green is a buyer and friends. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, I am Jennifer Aniston. Oh my God. <laughs> so I will live that life. <sighs> Well, yeah, so I I actually my my sights have always been on being a trend forecaster. I really wanted and to now do we that. are a home market forecaster. I know. <laughs> Guys, she's butchering that. Just I don't don't, I don't even know what even I just listen said. to what you say. <laughs> so 
no, I really wanted to like work for a magazine at the time. Like I wanted to, I, I mean, I didn't realize that blogs were going to take over and then Instagram right. and all those things. Like, I mean, I wanted to be in a magazine and do trend forecasting, like, yeah. like articles and stuff like that and tell what trends were going to be hitting, you know. Right. I don't know. So that's what I thought. But when I told you I was moving into a van, was that something that was shocking or were you like knowing my personality, was it suiting or was it surprising to you? So this was a really weird time period. If you remember, like I don't. we, we hadn't, you were working so much at the restaurant. Oh yeah. And you're, you know, you were, it was horrible for you. Yeah. That was so, my mental health decline. Yes. So <laughs> And you kind of shut me out. Like, I mean, you were very well, I, stressed. I mean, yeah, it I was, was like, not not in a bad way. It was just like, I mean, well, we just didn't talk as much. We weren't living to, in the same city. Mm-hmm. Like, we it, it we had no time for each other. I mean, I was kind of like in my in, in my in between. But you were working a ton, mm-hmm. so it was just hard, like for us to even stay in touch. So when we when you told me that you were saving for a van, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Right. <laughs> But then, like, the more that I guess I thought about it, I was like, I mean, I don't know. You just never have really sought out a conventional lifestyle, I feel like. You were Mm. always interested in the unconventional. So it didn't necessarily surprise me. Did I – I mean – the thing, first thing I thought was like, oh my God, I could never picture myself living in a van. But <laughs> like, that's just what, that's just me. But then also I'm like, she's my bestie. Like, how is she even doing this? Like, yeah. I, what, is this really what she wants to do? Right. She doesn't know that we just went through fashion school, right? Right. Well, I had just got myself into six figures of Oh, for sure. For yeah. a fashion degree. And now I'm moving into a van and I'm just yeah. like trying to put off my student loans as long as possible. Yeah. I was like deferred, deferred. Yeah. Stop sending like, me What these. are you going to do with that, honey? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so funny. I feel like it's, at least for my parents who knew me before college and just kind of a bigger picture of, yeah. you know, who I am, it's it is always been... It's obviously shocking when someone says that they're living in a van. And yeah. this was before hashtag van life. This was before you see it on Instagram everywhere and stuff. And so it was just a surprising thing because everybody was like, I'm sorry, you're doing what? Like, I've never seen that. I don't even get it. But now what van life has become and now that ever like you see what I do and things, I feel like most people who know me are like, this is very fitting for your weird personality. Yeah. Which I can totally see that too. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, now that now that you've done it, it definitely suits you. I mean, I, I've never seen you this happy in my whole life, obviously. So Yeah, so how was it uh, watching me fall in love? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, I knew. With him? Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, because I just knew that, I mean. I mean, everyone listening agrees with you, but I would okay, like I'm, to. Okay, I just, like, I'm sorry, like, you know, to generalize this. But it's like, I feel like. You two hung out kind of a lot for just two people hanging out a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that I just kind of knew that you guys were falling for each other, even though you didn't want to admit it to each other. Right. Yeah, I think most people would agree. But we yeah. did not see it that way. Actually, I have since found out that Henry did kind of feel it that way. I know for a fact he did. He's Yeah, but I did fibbing not. Fibbing if he says not. Fibbing. I yeah. love that. That is such a child word. <laughs> but no, I I had completely written that off as any form of possibility. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he shut me down. Or well, yeah, he did. But and I, I, but was, I was like, like I was okay. like, want a date? And he was like, nope. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I will move on now. Yeah, I don't know. You can only embarrass yourself so much. Yeah. You know? I think I encourage you to stop trying. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I just want to see what it was like from your perspective because yeah. I got to see you fall in love. So mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It is kind of fun. Okay, so you more recently-ish, how long ago? You know what I'm talking about. Give me a timeline. A year year and a half. Okay, a year and a half ago, Tegan made the decision to stop drinking alcohol. So now she's, I'm currently indulging in a nice rosé that does have alcohol. And you are drinking a non-alcoholic wine, uh, red wine, which, hold on, I said rosé so casually. I know there's a few people who just gasped. I have recently kind of been diving into white (laughs) wine and (laughs) rosé. Who am I? We don't know yet, but... It's kind of fun. It's a little bit better than I remembered. I had written it off for so many years that I just never would try it. Mm -hmm. And now I tried it again about five or six years later, and it's not as bad as I recall. See, I did, when I was drinking wine, I did, like, Chardonnay white wine more than I do, like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing is that I think I'd only tried drinks like that, and I was like, this tastes like 
apple juice. And it's just apple juice that gives me a headache. So why yeah. am I doing that? Yeah. Moscato always would give me. I mean, honestly, well, rosé would too. It would give me a headache. Yeah. Really bad. Okay. So why did you make that decision for yourself? She was not drinking excessively. I no. should be clear about that. But it was, you felt that it was more responsible that you not be drinking alcohol. So, I mean, how do you, what yeah. were your feelings behind that? I think I just was really in kind of an immature mindset about alcohol. I mean, it was yeah. still very exciting. And I was getting to a point where I was like, I kind of want my career to be really successful. I kind of really want everything in my life to be really successful. So I, and I didn't feel like my best me when I was drinking. So right. I just cut it out. I mean, it just didn't make me feel as good as I wanted to feel. I mean, so right. I just don't do it. No, yeah. I love that. I just yeah. love that. It's not, you say it very casually because after a year and a half, it's become pretty normal to you. But yeah. like, I do think it's interesting that a lot of people probably feel that way and they mm-hmm. don't actually make the decision because it's a very- People di- say sober curious. That's a term I, I will, like I've, I've seen like hashtags and stuff like that about- Like they're it. curious about becoming, yeah, becoming Yeah, and it's not like- I don't know. I mean, sometimes like, like I've said, I probably will drink again one day. Like I don't, I I mean, it's, I know that obviously struggling with addiction is, is really hard and stuff like that. I have never had that struggle. And so it was really easy for me to quit. Sometimes it'd be like, oh, you know, I wish I had a drink in my hand, but like, I, I like mocktails and stuff like that. Cause I mean, more, more, more often I just really would just want something in my hand. So um, right. to sip on throughout the night or whatever. So I, I like to play around with co- mocktails and stuff like that. But would yeah, you, it's just. Would you encourage people who are now I know apparently sober curious is a thing. Would you encourage them to try it for like 30, yeah, 30 I think days? That, I mean, people do that in, in January all the time, I feel like. I mean, they start off the year like 30 days sober or something like that. But I mean, it just doesn't. I try not to put too much pressure on myself like about it. Like I just I don't really need it. So you know, I'll just have, make myself a mocktail or whatever. And my fiance is really good about it. He likes to, he likes to make cocktails for himself. Like, I mean, right now, Henry and Joe are downstairs, you know, drinking old fashions that Joe is very passionate about making. And he loves, you know, his, he's perfected his recipe for them or whatever. So, so he, he likes to play around with those kind of things for me too. So that's kind of nice. So he'll like try to make something fun that is more more resembles a cocktail so right so maybe that's advice to give somebody too is to like actually still you can still play around with drinks but there just doesn't need to be alcohol exactly and again you did touch on this but i would like to also make the declaration here the disclaimer that we are not referring to addiction in any way simply because i don't want anybody to think that we're giving advice to someone who's struggling with that no cannot speak on that just sober curious kind of yeah you just felt like it was the most responsible decision for yourself so that you just kind of did that which i I, there's a lot of people who i think that applies to whether they're in the middle of making that decision or like just kind of thinking about it or whatever and i think it would just be nice to kind of have somebody who's like oh they they did this too like i think there's a little bit of Oh, you don't drink? Like, why? Yeah, and like, why can't we? You just can't have a glass of wine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's oh, almost, I got a lot of that at first. Yeah, there's like, like a lot of I condescension, just, which is not fun. Yeah. And there's like, it, it's just, uh, it's so counter counterproductive or whatever, because it's just kind of like, you're trying to do something for yourself. So obviously, you should be encouraging of that when someone around yeah. you is doing that. I have to say, too, there's like a lot of stuff out there around that. Like, I mean, like I'm drinking a non-alcoholic wine by Frey Wines and it is, I think it's great. You know, when I just want something in my hand, like obviously like Sydney's having a glass of rosé, I just kind of wanted a glass in my hand. And so exactly. I crave crave the flavor of red wine. Yeah, the flavor is is good. And so, so yeah, so I will do that. And there's also like lower. Hold on. Sorry, guys. If you heard a text message, that was my father letting me know that all of my dogs at home have pooped and peed. Okay. (laughs) Just in case anyone's curious, Elephant and Pearl are at my parents' house being babysat while we do this podcast, <laughs> and they have all relieved themselves oh, for the thank evenings. Thank goodness. Yep. Thank just, goodness. I knew somebody was worried about that. Yep. <laughs> okay, continue. Where was I at? I'm oh, sorry. Flight. There's low alcohol content stuff, too. So, like, if you don't want to get buzzed as quickly as, like, other ones, there's, like, really low, what is it called, ABV or something like that? Something. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that's right. I think that is right, too. Once I kind of got into the sober curious thing, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. But yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. My mom is now telling us that everyone has ate and peed and pooped <laughs> in our laying down for the night. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Hopefully my sister lets me know the same thing soon. No, the last thing I genuinely wanted to talk about was your engagement. I know you said earlier that things are kind of done, but as somebody who has never planned anything like that, like what, 
how are you feeling? Is it super stressful? Is it exciting? Are you planning a huge wedding? I think that that it's kind of big, but (laughs) we're so interesting. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So basically, I mean, we got engaged in the middle of COVID. I mean, like July 2020. Tell us the story. Well, I kind of knew it was coming. I'm we, say, you were being very quiet, and now you might be screaming. Yeah, <laughs> let's just talk. So <laughs> basically, we were we had just bought our house, and we were fixing up all the insides. So literally, we ripped up all the floors, we painted everything, mm-hmm. we created a brand new kitchen, a uh, new bathroom. So we did a ton of work to the house, and we've been working on that since we've moved in. But during that time, we were just like, it was a stressful time. We had contractors literally coming in and out. We had so many things overlapping, and it was just a crazy time. So he was stressed. I was stressed. We were all stressed. And we just kind of like picked an argument about it. (laughs) He was like, I was stressed because I have a ring. And I was like, oh, shoot. (laughs) You want to get down on one knee? Yes. So I knew and he's I was like, well, you don't have to tell don't tell me anything else. Like I don't, you know, whatever. And so and then of course, like we he hates keeping secrets. like he doesn't keep secrets from me. So like we always just like, I don't know, like if we know that there's a surprise or something, we're like, okay, tell me. But like not for the like I didn't try to be like that. But he would be like, oh, I just want to show you now, now that you know. <laughs> and like, I, did, I hated keeping this from you. And so it was really funny. But I mean, in all seriousness, we were like, OK, you, I, I don't want to know when it's going to happen, whatever. We were supposed to go, just go on a vacation and we were going to go um, to Puerto Rico. But then the something happened with COVID and we couldn't go. So we canceled that. And he ended up planning a trip to Mackinac Island for in Michigan for my birthday, which if you have never been there, it is amazing. It is uh-huh. so beautiful. It is very beautiful. So we stayed at the Grand Hotel, which is like the big hotel that's on the I- on the island. And, and it's so beautiful. And it's just like an experience within itself. And the gardens are amazing. And like, and I absolutely love flowers. I have, you know, tattoos of flowers and stuff. Like, I uh-huh. just love them. So the gardens are amazing and they're immaculate at all times so so he had hired a photographer and we were you know taking pictures in okay, the garden so you had a photographer in the gardens while in Mackinac Island I mean, yes. I'm just saying and it don't take Einstein to figure this out <laughs> so yeah so I knew it was coming but it was still so nerve-wracking and, For but sure. in, and it was still so special at the same time like even though I knew it was happening I also couldn't believe it was happening you know what I mean like right. you dream of this moment your whole life, I feel like. Yeah. Well, for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and I've always said, I think that the reason that Tegan and I are best friends and the reason that we've gravitated towards each other is because Tegan is a spitting image personality wise to my sister. (laughs) And so Tegan was like, like as the little annoying sister, my sister and I have always been close, but as the little annoying sister, my sister was always much like, get away from me. Stop it. You're annoying me. And so Tegan was like my first like, oh, I could be best friends with my sister. Watch me. <laughs> and so that's, I mean, you remind me so much of her in that way. I mean, my yeah. sister has always dreamed of the same things that you've always dreamed of. And so, yeah, it's like getting to watch you be engaged. And I mean, now she's obviously married and stuff, but it's like you just get to watch this person legitimately yeah. live out what you know for a fact is their dream. Yeah. Like, yeah. I live vicariously through Casey now because I, you know, I think that. Mason's just the cutest thing in the whole wide world. I know. I can't wait for that stage. Like, Joe and I talk about it all the time. It's just, we can't. Oh my wait. God, he's so funny. We he does the cutest little thing. I all know. The time. Well, because now he's talking and stuff. So the ne- uh, Mason is my nephew. Yes. Uh, and so I only have one. I only have one sibling who's Casey. She's now married and they only have one child. So I don't have any nieces. I have this one nephew. Hopefully, we're. Fingers crossed for more at some point in the future. But he is three years old and he's just in this stage of like, like he picks up on things, you know, someone will pass by at a grocery store and say something and he just holds it in his head for a week. And then it's like it just comes spitting out this like joke or this thing a week later. And you're like, where did you learn that? Yeah. I mean, he will like if I have to pick him up from the babysitters or anything. We'll be driving, and he'll just be like, look, sissy, it's an excavator. Look, that's a tractor. That's a dump truck, sissy. I know a dump truck. And I'm yeah. just like, what are, are you, what are you, 12? I know. What three-year-old says the word excavator? Ugh. And so it just, it's so funny watching, especially because he's, like, me and my sister kind of went two ways in terms of, like, she really took the country, rural Indiana route. Yeah. And I took the more like urban, not urban necessarily in city, but just 
experience and travel and that type of thing. And so he, Mason is a very country little boy. Like he is, he is all about the dirt and the tractors and yeah. like cornfield type of thing. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it's very cute. And it's funny to see in a little child. Yeah. It's so, so in college when we were friends, like, or well, obviously we were friends, but like we were, when we were really close and like over the summer, especially when we were kind of like in the city together, Sydney would sometimes come home, you know, to my, like my mom's house and my, my parents' house. And I have a brother who is much younger, like 16 years younger than me. So he... Oh, gosh. I'm going to screw this up. I think he's nine now. Yeah, he's nine. I have a lot yeah, of Yeah, but stuff. at the time, he was like three or four. So, yeah. So, that's what I was going to say. So, like, at at that time, he was right around, like, two, three. And so, he was just starting to, like, talk. And he's he's actually hard of hearing. So, he has, like, little hearing aids. And he didn't have them at that time. So, yeah. we were just kind of figuring out that he had that. And so... And it's the cutest. I mean, it's it was the cutest thing, though, too. I mean, it wasn't we didn't realize that it was that. But I mean, some of his words he just didn't pronounce right. And right. one of those was Simi is what she, he would call Sydney because yeah. he couldn't well, say Sydney. So he yeah. would say Simi. And I spent a lot of time with him. Like, yes. You kind of I, it wasn't just like coming home here and there. Mm-hmm. It was like if we had a week off of school because my parents were four hours away. So I could not actually come like I couldn't go all the way to my family. So I we would always go to Tegan's family. I mean, we'd stay there for a week. Yeah. Then we went there every weekend. Yeah. Then once you dropped out and you went home, you were living at home. I would go. But I took the train by myself to yeah. come see you every weekend. So I was spending a lot of time with him. And he always, like you said, it it was so cute at the time. We didn't realize that he was hard of hearing, but he had like speech issues because yeah. because he was even then just nobody knew. And so yeah, he just, I mean, religiously. The first of all, we, me and Camden loved each other. I mean, I was obsessed with him, and he always wanted to play with me. And he just always was like, "Simmy, Simmy, come here, Simmy." And I was like, "Oh God, I, I really wanted my nieces and nephews to call me Simmy, but." <laughs> Sissy is also like a, a name in my family that we all use for like ants. Yeah. And so Sissy was just like the thing. Yeah. But it's, oh God, kids are cute. So and it's, cute. this is coming from somebody who honestly is not a big fan. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan. I will of be children. really curious if you end up having kids. I mean, I think you will. But yeah, I mean, Henry and I talk about it. Yeah, I think we do want kids. It's I, I believe that it's different when it comes to your own. You yeah, know? like you just oh, for sure. You just have so many experiences with like the wrong kids. And you're oh, just for like, sure. dude, I, I don't. And even with Mason, which I've always felt a lot of guilt for because he wants to play for six hours straight. And it's it's hard. He doesn't have any it's siblings yet. And so it's like. When he, when you're babysitting him, you are busy for six hours. It's not like there's a time at some point in there where he's entertaining himself. You are entertaining him with new games, new things for the entire duration of that. Yeah. And I'm not, like when I go to my sister's house and he grabs my hand and is like, come play sissy. I like play for five minutes. I'm like, dude, I want to go drink wine with the adults now. I, yeah. I don't want to be in this room playing yeah. with tractors. I'm Honestly, sorry. I've always kind of been that way too. Yeah. I mean, I remember even babysitting and I was like, oh my God. you want I was the worst like, babysitter. I want to apologize to all of the families that I babysat I know, for. Because seriously. while their children were always perfectly safe, I was ve- like, I would just prefer to watch a movie. I was I was always like, you guys, what's your favorite what's movie? What's your favorite movie? We'll watch your favorite movie. I'll yeah. make some popcorn. Yeah, we'll so have just, some frozen pizza. Yeah, I remember watching this one boy for a whole summer. I was like his nanny for all day, every day. And they were tell his parents told me at the beginning of the job, like, yeah, no, last year, like his babysitter took him biking all the time. They played tennis, they went swimming, like there's all these things that you can do. He's just very active. And then like all summer, all I did was like they had a movie theater in the basement and every single day I would just like be on my phone while he watched movies. Oh my god. And I like look looking back on that, I feel so bad. But I, I mean, I'm sorry, I was a 16 year old kid. I was like the the last thing on my mind was a nine year old boy. Like yeah. I just needed money. And so I mean I, I was perfectly fine to keep him alive and safe but i was like i mean was i a good babysitter absolutely not (laughs) but yeah anyways maybe kids maybe not who knows if you are so lucky but yeah i love you so much thanks for coming on to the podcast i love this i hope that we can do this next time you're home Uh, want to dude you can come on the podcast anytime literally this would be so fun we'll just have our bff little series within (gasps) honestly that's so I kind of love that idea. Not just the be- like a best friend series, but like a series within a podcast. Mm-hmm. 
I've never considered that because, okay, sorry guys, we're going to brainstorm very quickly, but because this podcast, I have family and friends on sometimes where it's more of just like, a, I, I want people to like get to know me better mm-hmm. and the people in my life a little bit better. But then there are the episodes where I do strictly on like overnight parking or like a very mm-hmm. van life aspect. Yeah. So I think to have a couple different series within the podcast. Are you kidding where, me? We have stories for days. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's kind of a good I idea. promise you guys will want to hear them. I mean, they're very Well, fun. that's so today it was more of like an introduction of who you yeah. are and our friendship and stuff. Love but this. we do, let's just tell one story now that we've kind of teased the idea. What's your favorite story? Our that, boys are going to kill us. That they're going to survive. It's <laughs> one time. I haven't recorded a podcast in two months. At least I owe them. It's like a story. Oh, um, gosh. Okay, one quick story. It's fine. It's fine. Well, can I tell the, the apartment, like when the happy days in the apartment? My apartment? Yeah, yeah, you just said it's so funny you said that. Like there was just so many bad days, but then I remembered that you're talking about your apartment, so that there were. Um <laughs> yes, tell any story, whatever comes to your mind. Okay, so we had a lot of fun in my apartment, you know, at times when like right before I dropped out. And so we became obsessed with both Grey's Anatomy mm. and Echo Smith. If you don't know Echo Smith, they are the ones that sing the cool kids. We want you to sing it. Oh, I cannot. <laughs> I just cannot do it's that. It's totally fine. Look up cool kids and you will know it as soon as you turn, or, you know, as a soon lot of people probably don't know it. However, just know that all the cool kids were listening to it back yeah. then. So we were obsessed all, with them and the all of most their lame of children, all, all of their songs. Yeah. But I lived in this apartment and it was a it was really a condo building. So like they were owned or everyone owned them really. But obviously my mine was like my parents investment. So it was like a rental. So so I was just renting it. The, the woman downstairs thought we were throwing parties during the week while we were just getting so excited about Grey's Anatomy, like stomping our feet because somebody told somebody that they loved them. Like, right. Cheesy well, we were also shit. probably crying. We were because- also crying. We were both like, I mean, having dance parties when Mer- <laughs> Meredith and Christina would have dance parties. We honestly are Meredith and Christina. Literally. I got You're it. so right. We did because we used to be like, you're my person. You're my person. <laughs> I have a mug downstairs in my kitchen that says you're my person and you had gotten it for me. It literally. Not surprising. It's black. And then when you're you, screaming, <laughs> you told me I'm not talking loud enough. <laughs> okay. So anyways, it changes colors when it heats up. Anyway. Oh my God. I remember getting that. Yes. That was the coolest thing. Yeah. You know. At the time. Still have it. Yeah. Anyways. So yeah, that time. And also when we were dancing to Echo Smith, just because we wanted to, we probably had like chicken nuggets in the okay, oven. Well, the, and- real, the juicy story about Echo Smith is that Tegan bought me tickets for my birthday and yes, I'm telling this story with all of the details. You can look at me with scathing eyes. She bought me Echo Smith tickets. It was our favorite band. And so we were going on my birthday. It was literally on the day of my birthday, I'm pretty sure. And I we were not 21 at the time. Okay, this is not advice I'm giving you. It's just a true story. <laughs> I'm I sorry. A, I had a fake ID, I know, and it wasn't even a good one. It's not no. like it was a real ID from a girl who looked I'm, like me. It seriously, it was like a sticker. Yeah. <laughs> It honestly, God was. But most of the places in Chicago, when you walk into like a shitty gas station, they don't care. They're like, if they yeah. had to argue, they would just be like, she showed me an ID. And so anyways, we it got away with it 99% of the time. We walked into a legitimate club, basically. And we you only had to be 18 to get in. So we were fine to get in. And then while we were watching the band, we I, I had the fake ID. So I was like, I'll just go get us each a drink. And which is illegal. Don't do it. But we were doing it. And so I went to the bar. And as soon as I got to the bar, the guy was like, can I see your ID? And I handed him this shitty fake ID. And he was like, this is fake. And I was like, no, it's not. Prove it. <laughs> and he was like... I- what do you, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I am bartender and this is a fake ID. You think I've never seen one before? And he actually, he was like, I'm familiar with this fake ID. Like, yeah, because everybody had them. Yeah. You I, had New York, I think. I did have New yeah. York. And, and so he was like, he took it and I was like, don't take my ID. Like you can, like I'll leave and I won't, I don't need the drink, but don't take the ID. So yeah. I paid $200 for that. I don't have any money. <laughs> okay. That was, that was a lot of money. Yeah, that was like a lot of money for me. And so. I was just, I was so scared. So he took it anyways. And then at the same time that he was taking it, a bouncer came up and grabbed my arm so hard and just yanked me out of the bar. And I don't know what had happened to my phone or like what was going on, but I had to go wait for Tegan across the street in a gas station for like 30 minutes at least. Because I didn't have a phone, I don't think. 
that might have been it. But I just know that you, yeah, no, it was you didn't have a phone because yes, I because had you to had to use a stranger's yes. phone to call your mother, and then your mother contacted me, and then oh I had God, to, what I a shit then I had to tell your mom I'm across the street at a gas station, and then she contacted the stranger again, and the stranger found you and told you that I was across the street at a gas station. Holy cow! I yeah, forgot. Everyone has that. stopped listening, but. It's fine. Those are of you that are still here through that story. God bless you. We love you. But yeah, no, that is what happened. And then you came and found me at the gas station. You were so worried. You thought I was like kidnapped on my way to get the drinks. You didn't realize that I had been kicked out. So uh, the moral of the story is we did not see Echo Smith and it was a heartbreaking birthday. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it was and so then, sad. then, because we didn't even like want the drinks. We weren't like trying to get lit. We were okay. Just, like, can I then tell you? <laughs> I bought the tickets again years later. Yikes. For Sydney's birthday, and she couldn't make it. (laughs) (laughs) I had to take another friend. So literally, she's like, yeah, I'm going to be in town. I'm going to be in town. Didn't make it in town. (laughs) That was shitty. I don't remember that. So sorry. It's okay. I think you just started the van life. Yeah, probably. And I think you were still traveling like, around this area within right. 10 hours of this area i would say yeah so we thought maybe you would be and you then couldn't I did make not. it yeah well that's the story fun story for the day mm-hmm. that was just one of many there yeah. that was not well that's the only time i think i've ever been kicked out of somewhere but oh my god have we gotten into some shit well yeah anyways thank you so much for listening thank you tegan for being here we all appreciate you you, you are now it. everybody's best friend well you're never just happy mine. to be everybody's best friend yeah everybody's bae no I can only be paid one person and that's that is so true. Joe's gonna be like (gasps) he's probably like, don't ever call me bae, so it's fine. (laughs) Okay, I love you all. I will see you next week with a new episode. Mark my words. Okay, bye everyone. Bye.